0: You're listening to The Tales We Tell, a podcast about spooky stories, unsolved mysteries, and local lore. I'm your host, Han Farch. And I'm Katie. Welcome back to my house. Good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Tree's still up. It is. And in my defense, we had Christmas with my parents last weekend. Hey, we had uh, not
1: Christmas with family, uh, (laughs) but earlier this week, Shelton was able to go up and see his mom on her birthday. Aww. And his dad was also in town at the time, so we were able to do a little you know christmas swap so he brought all the presents up and then brought all of our presents back
0: and Uh, so tuesday night we had second christmas yes we called it christmas 2.0 at our house uh and my family insisted on treating it exactly like regular christmas so we went up on a friday and that was christmas eve (laughs) so theoretically i'll take the tree down tomorrow but we'll, we'll see
1: also, I don't blame you. Like, I kind of wish that our Christmas lights were still on our front porch. Mm-hmm. Just because it's so... I hate winter. It's so cold yeah. and it's dark. And the lights are just so
0: pretty. It and is. Nice to and
1: come the Christmas to. tree is, like, warm and mm-hmm. cozy. it like, warm glow. And then yeah. having it next to the fire. Oh, it's perfect.
0: Well, I mean, we don't have a fireplace in our living room, but it's okay.
1: You need to invest in the little gas fireplace thing that we got. Ooh. It's, like two hundred dollars or something maybe 250 in your fireplace at lowe's or home depot yeah like it's just a little standalone gas fireplace Mm. and Hmm. we just kind of put it in the existing fireplace because we don't know if it's actual fire brick and i think it's like the chimney's stuffed up with insulation and stuff so basically it's not you know a working fireplace right
0: but you can have gas yeah uh it is
1: the best investment we
0: ever made. Mm. I feel like our fireplace in the parlor is set up for gas. I just don't know how to do any of that, so whatever. Um so we're supposed to explain why our wine sounded funny. <laughs>
1: I was just thinking like, man, we've talked for way too long. People are thinking, what in the heck?
0: <laughs> um so well, I will t- I am just gonna say what I remember about this wine. It's my favorite wine. it's called Mayomi. Um, thank you. This one was a it's a pinot noir. It was a Christmas present for my sister, but it's also just my favorite wine, so I just told her what my favorite wine was. Um it is a 2018 and um I'm not gonna oh maybe I've been saying it wrong. Mayomi, meaning coast in the language of the California Wapo tribe. Mm-hmm. Truly symbolizes the origin of this Pinot Noir. Um, I like it because it tastes good. Um, it's very flavorful. It is tasty. tastes like a,
1: you know, good, nice, not-too-heavy red with yeah. some notes of
0: cultural appropriation. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just like a rich red. I don't know. Um, the reason it sounded funny, though, is because we have an aerator, and... Um, I open the wine, like, a minute before Katie walked in. <laughs> so it didn't have time to air. Usually I use an aerator on all my wines. But for, you know, the sound, we don't. But this wine's too good. This is twice as much as the normal wine I buy. I'm not risking it not tasting good. Mm-hmm. So we're going to aerate it, and it's just going to sound funny. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't have announcements other than... Uh this week we are recording we're re-recording our lost episode and releasing it. And next week I'm hoping that we are gonna have a two parter, which we have not done since the Ketty murders, aka our first episode together. <laughs> so we'll do our
1: best not to make it a three-parter
0: gosh (laughs) I'm hoping I just need to like I started researching this you know this because I texted you last night um and I was like this is a good one and then there were like there was like way more than I realized to it and I was like I don't want to like I was like well I could pull something together and like just kind of half-ass this one part of it I was like oh wait we have this other one that we have to re record." so I'm just going to spend all next week really diving into the really dark topic that is going to bum everyone out twice, so. (laughs) Two weeks (laughs) now. Yeah. Um, Okay, do we want to do our fun little...
1: Yeah, so it's It's not not an announcement, but just kind of like a a point of order. (laughs) Uh, If y'all remember from last week, Mm -hmm. we were talking about um, Turkish Delight. Yes and wine gummies. Yes, because I said
0: the, whatever other treat the you The Moki. Yeah, the Moki reminded me of what I thought Turkish Delight would taste like. So, I independently went to Publix, per Katie's suggestion, we were there to buy something else, and I was like, wait, we have to go to the International Food Aisle. And I actually forgot what I was there for. I was like, but I'll know it when I see it. And we got there, and I saw Turkish Delight, and I was like, that's it? And I was like, I don't know what the other thing was. And then I saw wine gummies, and I was like, got it. That's it. And I also,
1: this past weekend, during my regular grocery shopping, went down the international foods aisle. Mm-hmm. Or, well, the aisle that has a small section of international yeah. foods. Let's be real. And I was like, it's like I'm going to bring it. Like, Hannah brings the wine every week. I'm going to bring a <laughs> special treat. You know, I brought Moki. I can bring the Turkish Delight and the wine gummies. Yes. And so when Hannah was texting me last night... Um, I was like, "Oh, by the way, I've got a special treat," and she was like, "Awesome!" I bought the Turkish delight and wine gummies, and I just said, "No." (laughs) I was like, "Ooh, is that not special?" She's like, "No," and I just responded with a picture of my treats. Yes. So
0: So, now we both have them. I've never tried either of these. I the Turkish
1: delight is not. I think it's one of those most people take it or leave it. Like. Either I think you really like it or Wait, is it chocolate?
0: Uh-huh. I mean it's chocolate coated gummy thing. Okay, I was gonna say Narnia did not portray this as chocolate. Yeah, it
1: uh, i now I don't imagine... think it's always chocolate coated. I don't know. I have not fully researched. But do you want me to tell you anything about like what the flavors are or you just wanna bite I just into want it? And...
0: Bite into it and see. Cheers. Okay.
1: So it doesn't have that gummy, chewy consistency like the mochi. What am I but eating? But it is gelatiny. What is that? It's some sort of like flowery herbal flavor. Um. Gross!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not worth selling your family out for. I'm gonna go ahead and say that. Um, covered with milk chocolate. Yeah, it's too dark. I can't read. I can't tell, like, what color is the inside?
1: Is it brown? I think it's kind of like a clear, pinky, purpley.
0: Yeah. I'm going to stop eating mine. (laughs) I took two bites of it. You say that, but it grows on you. I cannot believe Edmund sold his family out for this. Yep, see, it's kind of like a rosy color. How come his
1: was powdered sugary? Powdered sugar. I think that's just one variation of it. I don't know. I'm going to make Derek eat the rest of that, because he can't taste still. Um, and then I'll go ahead and keep my second one for me.
0: Yeah, keep that for you. See, now I don't feel bad, because if you had given it to me, I would have felt obligated to eat the whole thing and be like, mmm, so good. I'll take a sip of my wine. I like it because the
1: chocolate, because it's English, is super sweet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't like super sweet chocolate. But then you've got this, like, herbally flowery flavor to it and very light
0: of the the gummy stuff i don't like that i can't identify the flavor of the gummy i think that's bothering me yeah but i do like um eminems and gummy bears together as like a movie snack so i like a chocolate gummy flavor just not this apparently (laughs) all right i'm gonna read up on these uh I'm also, can we talk about how disappointed I was to find out that these wine gummies don't contain alcohol? They're just wine flavored. I mean I'm sorry. I never told you they were alcoholic. This is true. Also, does everyone like how much AMSA ASMR that we're doing? (laughs) AMSA R S. Alright, well, this one says if I'm not entirely satisfied, I can return it along with the details of when and where I purchased it to this UK company.
1: It's Rosewater.
0: Oh. Okay, weird. Alright, I'm trying a wine gummy. Getting into it. Also, I just remembered that the first time we recorded this, it was, like, an hour and a half long. <laughs> okay. Do I get to tell what the flavors are? Is it going to tell me? Mm-hmm. It's written on the board. Gin? Yeah. When it course. says wine, they're not all wine. Hawk? What is hawk? I don't know. Oh, no. Okay. Well, hold on. Let me get a... I'm not going to eat a gin-flavored gummy. I don't like normal gins. They're all good. What is this one? This is the worst writing. So... I don't know what that says. It ends in an R-E-T. Clairé. There's another one. Yeah, I can't say this one. I'm these red red puppies. Also, I'm pretty sure it's Claret. No, But I could be wrong. The one time I don't pronounce the... All right, all right. I promise, I'm gonna try one. Chablis, Chablis, Chablis. All right. What is Chablis? It's a type of wine. I believe. Thank you. <laughs> no, but
1: I mean, compared to gin and hock, whatever that is. I actually used to dog sit these two English bulldogs, mm-hmm. my l- true little bowling balls, <laughs> and one was Porter, as in port, hmm. and the other one was Chablis. Aww. Alright, the Chablou is pretty good. Aha, yes, Claret is a Bordeaux wine. And it is Claret.
0: Oh, I like a Bordeaux. You should look up what Hawk is.
1: How's it spelled again? H-S-C-K. Oh, okay. I'm about to eat it. It's pretty good. Puck is a British term for German white wine. Yeah. Sometimes it refers to white wine from the Rhine region, or
0: specifically Riesling. It sounds like a derogatory term for wine, but that's a good one. All right, now that we've done our tasting <laughs> international candies Snack time. segment, um, all right, so we're doing our last episode. Which was supposed to come out on Christmas Eve.
1: Thankfully, it's been plenty of time since we recorded it (laughs) that I have almost no memory whatsoever of it. So I will be able to uh, recreate some of my questions in shock and awe. Perfect. uh,
0: Sincerely. I also have not reviewed these notes since we (laughs) recorded. So here we go. Um, This was the episode that we were first supposed to give a shout out to a little bit grim. It's still up here. This is the story of the Lawson family murders, and most of my sources on this came from a book called White Christmas, Bloody Christmas, by M. Bruce Jones and Trudy J. Smith. It was published in 1990. Um, Currently out of print, but I found all of I read the entire book on Archive.org, which is a super great source because you can you just like sign up for a free account and then. Um, whatever archives they have it acts like a library so I had to check out this book and I could check it out for an hour at a time <laughs> but like I just read this whole book that's out of print I
1: mean so, it's convenient that you can read out of, out of print yeah. books but also an hour
0: at a time yeah I saw that I was uh, doing some research at work and I saw that and I was like I'm gonna wait until I'm home and can give a full undivided hour to this book because that's not how I read um. All right. So this takes place. Um. It's a Christmas story, and then it happened on Christmas. Um. And this takes place in uh, Germantown, North Carolina, hmm. which is I believe close to Winston Salem. Okay. I don't think I've ever heard of it. I haven't either. Um. So this family starts with Charlie and Fanny uh, Lawson. Charlie Lawson and his wife Fanny. And um, they follow Charlie's brother, brothers, Marion and Elijah. They move from Lawsonville to... <laughs> Why would you move from a town named after you? It's probably just their whole family. Uh, they moved down the road about 15 miles to Germanton, North Carolina, and initially started out by renting and farming land. They had, I already forgot, seven kids? Six, seven kids. One of them's off at war or something during that or no one of them died Hmm. really should have looked into this. (laughs) Um, I'm going to tell you about six kids. Um, So Carrie was 12. These aren't in order. Sorry, seven. I just saw the seventh. Carrie was 12. She was described as neat and orderly and above average in school. Um, Maybelle was seven. She was described as a beautiful child who loved to dress up and they described her as quote, prissy, But I'm assuming that just means, um, like, she just liked pretty things and. Yeah, she was a girly girl. Yeah, she liked to put on her pretty dresses, have tea parties, and not play in the mud. Yes, normal stuff. Um, The two youngest uh, were two little boys. James was four, and Raymond was two. And they were just regular four and two year old boys. Mischievous and rambunctious, I assume. Um, Marie was 17 at the time. She is described, this is my favorite, as, quote, strong, large-boned, dark, and womanly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean... Let's be real though. Like if you're in a rural agricultural mm-hmm. like, farming community, yes, that's what you want in a wife. This is like true. you want a wife that can do the chores and wrangle the children mm-hmm. and you know birth all the babies through her large bones.
0: Yeah, can't have any weak small bones. Yeah, no ladies. no brittle bones, ladies ever <laughs> here. Um, I forgot to mention by the way, this was in the late twenties. Uh, So she's described this way. They said that she resembled actresses of the time. Um, So kind of think, like, kind of, like, dark and sultry. Mm -hmm. Remember that, like, there was, like, a specific kind of, like... Yeah, she probably had the finger waves Mm -hmm. and, like, the, um, like,
1: bob haircut kind of a thing. Like, close, cropped, and under the chin. The finger waves, probably Mm -hmm. the dark, dark hair, dark eyes, pale skin. Big
0: bones. Yeah. (laughs) All her large bones. Her large bones. Um, Yeah. Uh, So she was pretty, Mm -hmm. and uh, she had already caught the attention of many young men in the area, specifically a young girl. mm -hmm. Uh, Specifically, a young man named Charlie Wade Hampton. And it's rumored that they were in love and planning to marry later the following year after all this happens. Uh, she had an older brother whose name was Arthur. He was 19, tall, strong, and handsome. Uh, <laughs> he had pale gray-blue eyes that you had to, quote, experience in person to believe. Oh, my. Yes, I know. That oh. is that is quite the uh, <laughs> adulation. I know. I imagine him, which I'll show you a picture of them later, uh, I kind of think of him as, like, the Frank Sinatra like the baby blue eyes and just like that piercing i'm also like envisioning still like dark hair
1: mm-hmm. um and like sharp strong features mm. that's what i'm picturing yeah, also
0: oh go ahead. i was gonna say hopefully he has the same bones as his sister <laughs> large bones <laughs> um
1: no at first when you said the the blue eyes that you had to i for some reason you know how they talk about you know, blue eyes, like, oh, you could swim in them or uh-huh. something. <laughs> For some reason,
0: I thought you were going to say blue eyes that you had to swim your way out of. <laughs> Probably. I mean, listen, get a good, good blue-eyed, I can't even think of an example person. Me? Uh, we've already talked about your pupils. <laughs> they're, just, they're just bottomless pits of... <laughs> yeah. They're like black holes. the pit of despair. <laughs> Well, Jarek has brown eyes, but the color of mud. Shelton has
1: green. I mean, mine are like a blue, gray,
0: green. Mm. They're kind of like mood rings. They change. Mm. But you trick everyone because it's hard to see your irises. Mm-hmm. Because your pupils take up so much space in your eye socket. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. That's right. Hannah works at an <laughs> eye doctor, so she knows all the technical terms. I know all terms. the words. Yep. Um, We call them that, actually. Instead of, sometimes I'll be like, I'm going to check your pupils, but sometimes just if I'm feeling fun, I'll be like, I'm going to check your eye pits, (laughs) black holes. Um, Okay, the last child was Mary Lou, who was a baby. She was four months old, and I assume she was described as a baby baby that didn't have a personality yet. Um, So in 1927, the Lawsons were able to buy their own farm on Brook Cove Road. They purchased it for $3,200, which in today's money is approximately $49,000, which still is nothing. still a great price. I mean, how many acres was it again? Um, let's see. I don't know. I okay. don't think I wrote it down. But, like, big enough to have a house and a farm on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I imagine it's a large, yeah, bigger than this house, probably many, many acres. <laughs> um, so they paid five hundred dollars a year for it, which was approximately seventy six hundred dollars a year, or approximately six thirty five a month, which is pretty good for. I mean, I mean, compare it to you
1: know eight six seven five three Grove Street or whatever Boulevard. <laughs>
0: Eight, six seven five
1: three, Boulevard Grove Street. I didn't want to say the real one because I didn't want to have to drink after it. Uh, I think it's it's the six fifty seven, yeah, Boulevard, yeah, the Boulevard, the, with its ten plus thousand yes. monthly payments.
0: Ugh. Um, yeah, this one I did get correct. (laughs) Um, so the catch was that the house was really run down when they moved in. It was a fixer upper. So before they could start working on the farm, they had to make the house livable. Um, so they did all that and, uh, then they moved on to the farm, like the actual land. And then there was a barn on it because in, North Carolina, we grow tobacco. And when you grow tobacco, you have to have a tobacco farm to dry it all out. Tobacco barn. What did I say? Farm. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Tobacco barn. This is my second glass of wine. Give me a break. And I had two wine gummies before this. (laughs) I know. Okay, so Charlie, uh, apparently for a good tobacco barn, you want a basement. Um, And it has something to do with... Um, like the moisture in the ground because you have to, I don't know, you have to like, what am I thinking of? Dry out the tobacco and Mm -hmm. you want something about moisture in the ground. Anyways, it's good to have a um, basement in your tobacco barn. Which is weird if you're
1: trying to dry it, why do you want moisture?
0: I don't know because I forgot (laughs) to, obviously I knew it four weeks ago, but I Have you ever seen
1: a tobacco barn? I have. Do you notice how like the wood looked kind of like, petrified almost like that is some sturdy wood
0: yeah uh i'm actually a little ashamed because my uh, granddaddy uh jenkins on my dad's side uh was a very prominent tobacco farmer in north carolina and i know very little about tobacco farming so sorry uh to be fair i live in the city um, okay, so Charlie's digging a basement for their tobacco barn because he wants to do things right. And while he's doing this, he's swinging a mattock, which I had to look up. is like a, a pickaxe on one side and a hoe on the other side. So he's um, like over his shoulder and down. And he did not realize how close he was to the wire fence that was behind him. So when he threw it over his shoulder, one part of it got caught on the wire and when he brought it back it recoiled and smacked him in the head uh and he's like bleeding everywhere and so they take him to the doctor and it was one of those it's just th- more moisture for the <laughs> yeah basement. just you know for the basement um it was one of the one of those injuries where um it wasn't as bad as all of the blood it just yeah, I mean, head, head wounds are typically gushers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, So they, like, stitch him back up. They said, um, you know, no, uh, like, permanent damage. It's just, it's just a flesh wound, if you will. And um, he really just kind of got out of it with two black eyes. However, Charlie did have a bunch of other medical issues that I will list for you now. Um, sometimes which I believe this was both before and after uh, the head injury, he would seem um, absent-minded or um, like he'd be in the middle of a conversation and just kind of walk away like he forgot that he was talking. Um, He saw the doctor uh, for frequent headaches and persistent insomnia, uh, according to his wife, Fanny, he would sometimes jump out of bed in the middle of the night and insist on checking the guns. Not a good sign. Nope. Uh, sometimes he would walk aimlessly through the house and the barn, rambling madly. And that um, those particular times, Fanny got kind of freaked out. Um, good on Fanny. Yeah. <laughs> Fanny, sorry. Um, and then unrelated Supposedly to all of this, he had a reddish growth on his chest that resembled a burn. It measured about two hands wide, and he would often comment to others about how much it hurt. So, um, I have small hands, but two hands wide. I'm assuming, do you do it with your hands, fingers spread out, or do you... Like horses? Don't you make horses and hands? You do, and I I
1: really don't know, but like... (laughs) If your fingers are spread out, like, that's the entire width of your chest, basically. Yeah. Like, like, depending on how big his hands are and how wide of a chest he has, like, my hands are definitely wider than... I mean, they go on either side.
0: We're just comparing our boobs at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would imagine it's probably... Okay.
1: That's together. still pretty
0: big. Yeah. That's huge. Um... I don't know. That's one of the like get that checked
1: out, man. Cuz I mean if it if it's like the entire width of the chest, I don't know why you would just not say that and go with the
0: hands thing. Yeah, maybe it's it confusing. Like, yeah, it's confusing. But also, get that checked out. What is that? That sounds like melanoma. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, uh, here's a fun anecdote. In 1928, Charlie and Arthur, who's the uh, dreamy blue-eyed uh swimming pool eyes swimming pool eyes. Um, they go to Winston-Salem to sell their tobacco at the market and while they were there at the I believe the tobacco markets are also in barns. Um, so while they're there there is uh, a black man who is um, pushing his cart through and he accidentally hits Charlie in the leg when he passes. Um, I forgot to mention, Charlie's a huge racist. Shocking. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, he lives in rural North Carolina in the 20s? Yeah. How could he
0: possibly be racist? That's so weird. Strange. Uh, he's probably, like, the only one there. Are you sure your research is correct? You know what? This one's probably wrong. I'll, you know what? I'll correct it next week. <laughs> um, so he yells some derogatory words that we will not repeat. Um, He basically got angrier than he should have over, like, what was definitely an accident. Um, He sounds
1: like a volatile person, just in general.
0: I mean, like, I've had those days where, like, one little thing will set me off, but Mm -hmm. mm, I'm also not racist. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't... I'm just going to say nothing's going to make me say some the words that I think he said probably.
1: Oh yeah, and I, I mean nothing's going to make me like mad and yell at another person mm-hmm. for something like that. Like if somebody, you know, hits me, like if I'm in one of those bad moods already mm-hmm. that it really just makes me angry, I'm just going to silently fume to myself.
0: Yeah, you're probably going to do I'm like a
1: vent about it later. <sighs>
0: yeah. Just
1: like and then I'll sigh. still just be like it's all right. I'm fine. Thank you for apologizing. I'm fine.
0: We treat <laughs> like, these like, things with yeah, sarcasm. Um, okay, so later, unfortunately for this man, uh, he came back again and accidentally hit Charlie again in the same place. See, the <laughs> likelihood of that being an accident
1: the second time, yeah. I don't think it's necessarily the man with the cart coming to intentionally hit him. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe... To just be like, you know what, you were rude to me, mm-hmm. I'll show you, I'll just hit you with my card again. Oops, <laughs> my, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, that was totally an accident. <sighs> I think it's more likely, too, that Charlie saw him coming and mm-hmm. put himself in the way of the card. Yeah. Um. Probably in true. that, so that he could just have another mm-hmm. reason to yell at and berate this
0: man in front of anyone Everyone. who can hear. Yeah. Uh. Well, that's basically what happened, because Charlie flew into a rage and basically starts a fist fight with this guy. Uh, the, <laughs> the black man was prepared for a tobacco barn fight and pulled out a switchblade and stabbed Charlie a bunch of times and then ran off. And Charlie, like, can, like tries to go after him and just collapses in the street from blood loss. Um, and you'll understand, everyone, why I'm laughing about this now because Charlie turns out to be a real asshole.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, based on your, like, descriptions of his, like, issues, mm-hmm. um, he already doesn't sound like a
0: swell fella. Yeah. Wouldn't and then... It, hmm? Wouldn't it be funny if this was, like, my lead-up to the story about, like, and Charlie's the victim, and actually Fanny, like, murdered him. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler For him. Um, Spoiler. Charlie goes to the hospital for two weeks for this. Dang. Yeah. Um... Let's see. In the summer, I feel like I jumped around when I actually told this the first time. Um, I'm going to skip that part. So uh, there were some, <laughs> there were some problems, uh, domestic problems in the Lawson household that ki- kind of stayed, and you know, within the house. But people kind of knew because your neighbors that you know really well, they could hear things. Uh, So, neighbors would report hearing these family arguments. Um, Charlie could be heard a couple times verbalizing actual threats against the family. And um, sometimes when Charlie would get violent, which apparently was enough that they kind of had a plan for this, Arthur, who was bigger and stronger than his father, would subdue him. And Arthur had actually begun sleeping in his clothes just in case something happened in the middle of the night and he had to get up and, like, Mm -hmm. take care of business. Um, And most of the neighboring families didn't know the exact nature of the arguments that were happening. um, But at least one person who knew the family, um, they told the authors of this book that they did know what it was about and it was really serious and really personal and because of that they weren't comfortable sharing it.
1: I'm so curious now. I know. But, I mean, also, like, if you're... You know, if you've got farming land, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, your nearest neighbor might be like a half a mile down the road, Yeah. but it's also, this is flat land that is just crops. Yep. Sound travels. And you are far away from the city and any other noise. You can hear everything. Mm -hmm. So, like, you can hear the yelling. You may not be able to hear what's being said. Right. But you can hear the commotion. I'm sure mm-hmm. this guy sounds like a. I'm going to yell, but I'm also going to like knock things down and throw yep. things and make noise like that too.
0: Yeah. Um. So about two weeks before Christmas, um, Charlie tells the family that he has a surprise for them, and he loads everyone up into the family truck and they drive into Winston Salem. And when they're there, he tells everyone to go out. Pick out whatever outfit you want. We're going to have nice outfits. Uh, and whatever the price is, don't worry about it. I have cash to pay for it. And uh, when you pick out what you want, change into it in the store. And, like, we're wearing these today. Like, this is going to be a nice day. Um, he s- seemingly wanted, kind of took pride in, I want my family to look nice. We're going to have nice new clothes. Um <laughs> And once everyone did that, he took them to a portrait studio and had a family picture made. That you definitely want new clothes for. Yes. So, uh... Oh, is this... We get to see this picture? Yes. This is nice. the picture. I have to scroll back a bit. Let's see. Okay. So, turn it so you can see. There's the family... Oh, they do look nice. So the tall, handsome guy in, on the left is Arthur.
1: It's, okay, because it's an you know, old 1920s mm-hmm. photo and probably, you know, a bad photo of a photo. <laughs> um, his eyes look a little creepy. Yes. Just because they're so pale, it's, you pretty much only see the whites, it yep. looks like. He just has the pupils. <laughs> Uh, What about... um... But he is a tall, strapping young man. Yes. Very handsome. And I totally see the movie star good looks Mm -hmm. uh, description of Marie. And... um... (laughs) The kids in the front
0: are just adorable.
1: I wouldn't describe her as petite. (laughs) But I also wouldn't describe her as, like, large-boned or anything. Like, she's just a good average size, maybe
0: more athletic build. Yeah. Maybe she was... uh... She was just a sturdy woman, probably. I don't know. In Um, today's society, she was probably, like, an 8 instead of a 6.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then there's Mama over there. Mm -hmm. She looks a little unsure. Like, Mm. she looks a little suspicious, almost. Yeah.
0: She's probably like, where did we get all this money from? Yeah.
1: Why is he spending all this money? We don't have a ton. Um... We have all these children. Yeah. Ooh. And then <laughs> she's holding the baby. Mm-hmm. And then uh, sitting on the bench in front of them are... Uh, what was the oldest girl again? Um, Carrie? She is the only one that's even kind of smiling. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: other than Charlie. Uh-huh. Um, Wait. He's not really smiling. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's He looks pleased. Mm-hmm. Like proud and pleased with himself yeah. kind of thing. Um but she's well carries kind of smiling. Got a little smirk. <laughs> and then <laughs> poor little boy, the 2-year-old, he's like hunched down. sunk down into his clothes
0: <laughs> into the couch. <laughs> he's like I'm regretting buying this outfit. Um yeah, so they took this yeah. picture and uh, that was that. That was part of their Christmas surprise. Okay, so on Christmas morning of this year, um, Charlie's elderly uncle uh, named Joe, who lived about 30 miles from them, uh, he gets up. His, I believe it's his son and his new wife, his son's new wife, um, they're spending Christmas with them, and they get up, and him and his wife and his son and daughter in law uh, sit down to Christmas breakfast. And all of a sudden, for no reason, Joe starts crying like big crying like sobbing and everyone's like oh what's wrong <laughs> you know like I don't know if you've ever seen your dad cry but it is uncomfortable yes to see an elderly or like patriarch uh cry so everyone's freaking out they're like what's wrong and for no like stimulus for or no whatever. reason like
1: yeah. at a funeral sure like, oh that's, yeah, yeah that's
0: not as upsetting yes but um so they're like you know what's going on and he couldn't tell them. He, which I relate to, I have cries like this all the time. Um, he didn't know what, he couldn't say, this is what's making me cry. He just said something felt very wrong. And that's all that he could tell them. So 30 miles away at the Lawson house, uh, this is 1929 now. Same, it's the same day. Uh, I'm just telling you what year it is. Uh, so everyone gets up, And, uh, Marie decides that she's going to bake a raisin cake for the children. That was a special treat. And her and Arthur were actually going to go to a Christmas program at the local church that night with Charlie Wade Hampton. Her beau. Her beau. Um, the... And she felt like... So, I guess they didn't have any decorations. They didn't have a tree this year. Because Charlie had kept promising this big surprise. And um so Marie's baking this cake. She feels like the kids deserve something special. Mm-hmm. Um I guess raisins were a treat back then. Nature's um, candy. Ugh, hate raisins. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> um their cousin, whose name was Sanders Lawson, uh came to spend the night the night before, so she was there. And that morning some of the neighborhood men had gathered at the home for target practice. And uh, it was tradition on Christmas, I believe, to hunt, I'm trying to look in my notes to make sure I get it right, uh, to hunt a rabbit, to do a rabbit hunt on Christmas morning. So they were all getting together to practice and just kind of, you know, all the men folk hanging out and...
1: And just a, it's just an excuse to have, you know, yeah. a day off
0: of work, go out yeah. in the woods, hang out, shoot some rabbits, catch a wily rabbit. <laughs> Um, so when everyone was, when the men were mostly done, um, Charlie realizes, he's like, oh, if we're going to do a rabbit hunt later, we probably need more ammo because we just used a bunch of it on target practice. So he sends Arthur Sanders, the cousin, and one remaining, uh, neighborhood boy who was still there to the store. He's like, go into town, get us more ammo. And so they start off, and before they get very far, the neighborhood boy decided kind of randomly, you know, I I don't want to go all the way to town. I'm just going to go back and hang out at the house with, you know, the other kids. So, Hmm. uh, inside the house, Marie's getting ready. Um, She sounds like he has the opposite uh, instincts than a (laughs) sad uncle miles away. This is true. Uh, I think someone said that maybe he had a crush on Marie. Ah, well, that that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, hello, beautiful sister there. Yep, hang
1: out with the the girl,
0: (laughs) just the two of Mm y'all, no big brother around. With all the little children running around. (laughs) Uh, So Marie's in the house, and she's um, getting ready. She's doing her hair. She's doing those finger curls, Uh which... A lot of effort. Yes, Um I went to a twenties party this past year and sorry, last year in twenty twenty and uh I looked at a lot of tutorials about finger curls and I was like, "Mm, you know what? I'm just gonna curl my hair like normal and put a headband on. Uh so she's getting ready and apparently uh Charlie uh was mad at her because He asked what she was getting... You know, he did the whole, what are you getting all dolled up for? Father Charlie. Yes, Father Charlie. Because it's confusing with boyfriend Charlie. It is, yes. And she said, uh, me and boyfriend Charlie and Arthur are going to the Christmas play tonight. And he did one of those, you know, I told you not to hang out with that boy kind of thing. And uh, much like her bones, Maria is a strong-willed person. (laughs) And she was like whatever. I'm going to go to this thing. I don't care. Um, So she's got Arthur (laughs) as like her bodyguard. Yeah. She's like, I don't care. I'm going to marry Charlie. Um, So she's doing that. Fanny decides the younger girls, Carrie and Maybelle are going to go spend the day with their uncle, Elijah and aunt Jenny down the road. So she gets them ready and uh, you know, she's bundling them up. I'm imagining the scene from, uh, Christmas Story, where they're wrapping up the little the little brother in like eighteen layers of whatever <laughs> to go outside, and Charlie, the father, meanwhile, says he has some stuff to do in the barn, and he's going to go do that. So he heads out, uh, and he goes out to the barn where he had previously uh, hidden some of his guns. And uh he had this doesn't sound good. Yeah. I mean it's it's one thing to phrase it as where
1: he had left some of his guns after target practice. Yeah. But when you say he
0: had stashed some Yeah. Sneakily hidden. All right, folks. Um, So he had, the week before, had a gunsmith come out to make sure all the guns were working. Well, you know, they got the big Christmas hunt coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So he had a uh, Winchester rifle. He had a double barrel uh, and a single barrel. Uh, Both were 12-gauge shotguns. He had three of them. Um, so Carrie and Maybelle are, they have to walk kind of towards the barn, um, to get to where they're going. So, uh, Charlie is in the barn. He's watching them get closer. And when they get close enough, he steps out of the barn, surprises them, because they don't know he's going to do that, and shoots Carrie first in the head with the rifle, (coughs) And, uh, uh, Maybelle, I guess, uh, ran and, uh, he shot her in the back left side with one of the shotguns and, um, both girls were still moving after he had shot them. So he took a two by four that was in the barn and he bludgeoned them to death. <sighs> uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Merry Christmas everyone. Take a drink of this. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So. So he's just shot his two daughters in cold blood, and then not only that, beat them to death with a. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh I mean, yeah. You know, like the shooting wasn't enough. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least he didn't do a half-assed job, right? He yeah. was like, yeah, I'm, I set ugh. out to kill my daughters, so I'm gonna
0: do it right. Yeah. Ugh. Um. Okay. So he. Um, moves both of their bodies inside the barn, and he puts them on their backs with, um, he finds rocks, like, large rocks, um, to put underneath their heads as pillows, and he crosses their arms over their chests. Poses them. Yeah, he poses them. And then he returns to the house. You know, I can, I (laughs) I love my forensic files,
1: and, you know, I I love murder stories Mm -hmm. and everything, of course. Wait, you do? I know, shopping. <laughs> um, but I do not like it when it's
0: children. Mm. Yeah, that's the... Ugh, don't, don't, I don't know. Don't kill the kids, man. I know. Um, well, lest the rest of the family be forgotten about, uh, Charlie goes back to the house. Fanny was uh, outside getting firewood, and she was um, going back up onto the porch, uh, and Charlie gets there and just immediately shoots her in the chest with the shotgun. Uh, according to the book, uh, it, quote, destroyed half of her heart. Oof. Um, Marie runs outside to see what's going on, and... because it's one thing to hear,
1: you know, target practice mm-hmm. shots, but yep. if target practice is done, and also if it's right
0: outside, like, the front door... Yes. ...that's concerning. That is concerning. Uh, so Marie runs outside, um... Sees her mother laying dead on the porch. Freaks out, obviously. um, Begs her father to just stop whatever he's doing. Um, A few neighbors at the time heard screams and um, gunshots. And I guess because they weren't in the house, they were just hearing it coming from the Lawson farm. they said, oh, it's just, must be just rabbit hunting. So... Whatever. What rabbit screams? I don't know. Maybe someone, I don't know. Um, so Charlie goes after Marie, who runs inside, and James and Raymond are both inside. They run and hide. Um, remember, they're four and two. Smart boys, smart Yeah. and hide. Um, the neighborhood boy who had been in the house, the one who had a crush on Marie, um, kind of saw what was going on freaked out um and Uh runs uh he actually remembered the rumors about the lawson family and about charlie lawson having a temper and he puts it together in his head as he's running oh my gosh he's killing his family so um he runs home he runs all the way home and he tells his family what's going on he's like charlie lawson's like massacre, yeah, killing his family.
1: It's not the loss and murders, it's the loss and massacre. Yes, at this point, like if it's gonna be his
0: entire family, Ugh. yeah, yeah. So, um, this part is so heartbreaking to me. Uh, this kid's family, they were like, So it's 1929, and they were like, It and what do we we can't call the authorities? Like, it's already, you know. And they said, if we send someone over there to try to help, Charlie's just going to kill them. And so they just decide, we just can't do anything. We're just not going to do anything. God, like, it's frustrating to hear that. Like, yeah. why would you not? Mm-hmm. But I,
1: you know, put yourself in their shoes. Like, yeah. I can't imagine how hard that would be mm-hmm. to just know this horrible tragedy is taking place. Yeah and feel so helpless to do anything yeah at all to prevent it
0: yeah i mean and but i was just thinking now you know if if something were to happen like in the neighborhood or whatever my first instinct would be lock my doors and grab my dog and you know hide <laughs> not let me go help i mean maybe i should reevaluate <laughs> my ethics but
1: well you can you never know how you'll truly react in a situation yeah that's true Um, because there was an instance once years ago i was in an apartment having a girl's night with Mm -hmm. a friend and we heard this screaming and yelling and saw Mm -hmm. this commotion coming from an apartment across the way and so like we ducked down under the balcony Mm -hmm. and like watched through the slats (gasps) And, you know, it was really hard to tell what was going on, but mm-hmm. it was a woman that was clearly inebriated or mm. high out of her mind. Like, she had no idea what was going on, yeah. but, like, there were two guys that were trying to get her inside this apartment, and she was clearly struggling. Uh, so we called the police, and we're like, look, we don't know everything that's going on. This yeah. is what we can see, and it's not great. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we did call. police officer showed up. The guys had bolted as soon as they saw the lights. Ah, and, uh... That, that usually just, means you're guilty. And, actually, at one point, while the cops were coming, one guy went in, came out, and had, like, her purse or something <gasps> and just, like, threw it on the ground next to her where she's rolling around. Ooh. And, so, yeah, the cops showed up. The guys have bolted. She's just lolling all over the floor. Uh. Um, and they put her in the car. And, you know, at that point... I walk over, uh-huh. and I'm like, hey, I'm the person that called. Like, this is everything that we saw. This was everything that we saw after yeah. we made the call. Yeah. Um. Ugh. And uh, they had a couple of questions, but ultimately it was like, "Yep, yeah, no, she's just out of her mind, on something, mm. drunk, whatever. She's going to spend the night in the drunk tank. Ah, you hate it.
0: Yep. Um, ugh, okay. Let's jump back into this. Yeah, we can can cut all of that. (laughs) No, no, no. Extra long. It's just, you
1: never know how you'll react in a situation. Whether you want to dive in and help, or whether you want to hide and plug your ears.
0: Well, and in 1929, when calling the authorities not an option really. Yeah, I mean remember the uh Sodder children where it took like the whole fucking night to get the fire department to the house cuz
1: the fire chief couldn't drive the big truck. Small details. Um, never getting
0: over that. <laughs> um okay. So back at the house, Marie puts up a fight. Um Uh, let's see. So, uh, her father grabs her, um, by the arm and she's trying to wrench free. She's, um, by the fireplace and she sees a fire poker and she thinks, if I can just grab that fire poker and, you know, beat him with it, this will help. Um, and apparently she tries so hard, uh, to get there that she actually tears all the ligaments in her shoulder. Ouch. I mean, when you're fighting for your life, it's one of those adrenaline, yeah. you know, mothers can lift a car off mm-hmm. their children things. Yeah. Um, so she tries to wrench free and before she can get the fire poker, Charlie has shot her with the shotgun. Um, the blast, uh, which I'm assuming was at close range, was so powerful that it snapped her neck. Yeah. Poor Marie. Uh, and at this point, she was my favorite in the story. <laughs> I know. Well, I like Arthur a lot. Yeah. He has his eyes. Yeah. Um at this point the clock on the mantle stopped at 125 PM and no one knows why it stopped.
1: Is it one of those wind up clocks that need to be, you know, like wound regularly? Possibly, I
0: guess. I don't know. It just said um there were, like, rumors that it stopped because it had been shot, or Charlie stopped it. Um, but there's no damage to the clock, so it didn't get shot.
1: Isn't that a thing that, uh, like, an old-fashioned thing? Um, you know, like, in mourning after people die, you cover mm-hmm. up the mirrors, but uh-huh. I think, don't you also stop? Clocks. Ooh. I feel like I've seen that in movies or TV shows where someone dies and they go to like the grandfather clock with the swinging pendulum, uh-huh. and they
0: stop it, oh. and they like stop the clock. I don't know. That seems like a really inconvenient way but to. I, f- I feel like they also
1: cover clocks too, like cover mirrors and clocks. It's very,
0: very like and cover mirrors so that the era. the their souls can't get through them, out of them, trapped in them, trapped in them. Sorry.
1: They can go straight to heaven without taking better, a
0: mirror detour. Better cover it quick, though, because what if they already got into the mirror and then you cover it up? And you keep them
1: there for it. It's
0: real tricky. Also, now I'm imagining you're, like, sad and you're in a house where all of your mirrors are covered and none of your clocks work. <laughs> I feel like that's just going to exacerbate the chaos of your life.
1: You're supposed to be spending your time mourning and remembering the dead, not worrying
0: about what your hair looks like. Or what time it is. I did a lot of sleeping. It's sad time. That's what time it is. I sleep when I'm sad. Um, Okay. Oh, so the other speculation that he stopped the clock didn't match because um, at this point, Charlie's covered in blood.
1: Well, yeah, a couple of close-range... Yeah, this is a shotgun. Like, these are... Oh, yeah. It said, you know, half of Fanny's heart was Mm -hmm. obliterated. Yep. Shotguns are not neat. Yes. And he's
0: bludgeoned two children before this. Oh, yeah. You know there was some splatter there already. So, um, after this, uh, Charlie goes to look for the rest of his family, uh... So he starts looking
1: for. He's only got the two little boys, the baby, and then Arthur, Arthur. is in town. Arthur's so. in town,
0: yes. Um, so he goes to look for James and Raymond. And James James was hiding beneath a bed. And Charlie dragged him out from under the bed and bludgeoned him to death. And little Raymond was hiding behind the stove. Mm. And um, Charlie uh, apparently tried to shoot him back there, but he couldn't um, angle the gun the right way and ended up actually bending the um, barrel. Um, So when he figured out he couldn't do that, he somehow managed to coax the toddler out from his hiding place and have, like, uh, I'm not even going to go there because I don't want to be sad. (laughs) Uh, And uh, once he gets him out, he bludgeons him as well and left half of his body still under the stove. And finally... I I guess since there's clearly not going to be any witnesses really for
1: this. I guess they just
0: figured all, like, pieced all this together by the evidence at the scene. Yes. All right. Yes. Uh, So finally, Charlie goes to um, baby Mary Lou in her crib. Oh, my God, no. Yeah. Um, f- forgot about the infant baby. Oh, and I was hoping he did. <laughs> uh, he bludgeoned her with the butt of his gun. Mm. And once everyone was dead um, he pulled Fanny's body inside and then he went throughout the house and collected pillows um, from everyone's room and put the pillows under the respective heads of the like, he went to Fanny's room and got a pillow put under her head and went to Mary Lou, like... They're pillows that they slept on every night. Yes. They uh, were now... Yes. Down. Um, yes. And he arranged the bodies as he had um, Carrie and uh, Maybelle out in the barn. Except for poor, was it Raymond, under the stove? Oh, yeah. He just left Raymond under the stove. But did he... He got a pillow, though, I guess. Yeah, he got a pillow still. I think maybe his legs were under the... I don't know. Yeah. Um, and the whole murder spree from start to finish took about 20 minutes, I think. So, I'm gonna take a quick little drink because that was a rough part. Yep. Aren't you guys glad that this didn't come out on Christmas Eve? <laughs> <laughs> I ruined everyone's Christmas. Um, Alright, so around this time, Elijah, the uh, brother, uh, Charlie's brother that he followed to town. Or followed when he moved. Um, Elijah and his two sons, Fred and Chloe. Oh, who the two little girls were going to see? Because um, ye- they yes. were
1: going to see their aunt and uncle, right? Yes. Okay. Um, Let me see. Let me make sure. Because there were two uncles. Um, Well, there's the older one that was like
0: 30 miles away. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aunt, Uncle Elijah and Nia Jenny. Uh, so Uncle Elijah is, uh, walking with his sons Fred and Claude. They were coming back from their rabbit hunt and they decided that they were going to stop by and wish the Lawson family a Merry Christmas. So they get to the farm and, uh, they, all three of them noted, uh, it's pretty quiet uh, because on a farm, you don't really get days off. You still have to work. Um, so they're like, okay, it's pretty quiet. And um, Elijah looks through a window of the um, house at the same time that Claude starts to open the front door. Elijah sees um, bodies everywhere and at the same time um, Claude's opening the door and the door gets caught on Fanny's foot. Um, so they have this awful moment where they realize what has happened. And then they hear movement upstairs and they think (laughs) the killer is still here. (laughs) So they run, they get out of there. While they're running, Claude um, drops his rabbit that was hanging off his belt and he stopped, turned to pick it up. And when he turned, he looked back at the house and he saw his uncle Charlie staring out of the attic window at him. Creepy. I know, I'm giving myself a lot of goosebumps in this one. (laughs) Second time I've read it. Doesn't disappoint. Um, So Charlie had waited for his brother and his nephews to leave the house. He had kind of been interrupted um, while he was arranging the bodies. And then he very quickly um, finished putting pillows everywhere um, and grabbed his shotgun and ran out into the woods. Um, And they can tell all of this because there's literally blood everywhere. Like you can follow the trail of blood through the house to see how he moved. Um, So Charlie goes into the woods nearby and he cuts a branch from a tree and positions it uh he first positions the gun to his chest, and he, I'm assuming, has it, like, on the ground, leaned up against his chest, and he has the uh branch that he cut so he can pull the trigger because he's going to kill himself. But he couldn't bring himself to do it.
1: And... I mean, I know I shouldn't even waste my time trying to apply <laughs> logic to this man. Yep. But what kind of cowardly bastard yep. can massacre his entire family. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about one or two people. Like this literal is, children. Yeah. Yeah. Babies. Yep. Four month old yep. to their 17 year old daughter, to their wife. Mm-hmm. But yep. death is too scary and like ooh it might hurt.
0: Ooh. Mm. We're I don't know overly... if I can
1: do it. I can, I can put this, I can push this. On I can the bludgeon others. my
0: seven year old to death. Yeah. Like, and I my two-year-old make this decision for other people, but like I can't make it for me. <sighs>
1: also, um, family annihilators—the mm-hmm. people who murder their entire uh-huh. family—there's different classifications, and I meant to look this up, and I didn't. <laughs> but I still want to know. Um, I think the, the different classifications. I think there's like three different kinds. Uh-huh. And it—it it depends. It's like
0: motive-based. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like
1: some people. See their family as an obstacle for what they want, mm-hmm. like,
0: like get them out of the way.
1: I want to go be mm-hmm. with the like the young pretty girl mm-hmm. in the Bahamas, but I can't because I've got the family here. So murder them, get them out of the way. I can live my life how I want, right? Um, and then others, I think maybe see them as like a disappointment or something, I don't
0: know.
1: We or or maybe they're like a like a point of like stress. Like, so much yeah. so that, that, I don't know. I, I gotta look it up one
0: day. It's <laughs> Second me. time we've done this, so we haven't looked it up. It's fine. Uh, we'll do it in an unrelated episode later. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so, uh, shockingly, Charlie is a coward and can't kill himself. So he, he just ends up kind of pacing around um, in the woods. Meanwhile, um, Elijah and the boys uh, have gone to town and alerted the authorities and then they went back to the house to kind of um, keep watch over the house while the authorities get there. And uh, it's a small town so um, a bunch of, you know, the word gets out, something's going on and there ends up being a crowd um, at the Lawson house and that's another reason Elijah feels like he needs to be there is to kind of Again, guard the house, guard the bodies. Everything's inside, and now there's a crowd of people outside. I'm sure he's very protective. Um, So someone ran into town, and they found Arthur and Sanders, and they said something bad has happened at the Lawson farm. And uh, they get back, and unfortunately, Arthur um, had to see his family all murdered in the house and just collapsed, and, uh, had to physically, uh, be helped away and they take him okay. to a neighbor's house. Um, so just more and more people are gathering. They build a bonfire in the front yard to stay warm. No one wants to leave. And also they have now figured out Charlie's missing. <laughs> uh, so they're like, hmm, the murder is missing and also Charlie's missing. So what do we do? Um, so there's, this is still in that time of, uh, like a lot of voyeurism with, uh, like murder scenes.
1: There's um, probably nothing good on the radio.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'm, I feel like, um, there was like an axe murder situation where people just like toured the house to see the bodies in the murder scene. Like this was just, people did this.
1: People have had this fascination with murder, gore, death mm-hmm. forever. I yeah. mean, look at the Coliseum. This is true,
0: which I don't, I couldn't handle it being someone back in the day because I would just, I'd be like, yeah, I want to see that. And then I'd see it and just be like scarred for the rest of my life. Um, so, uh, lots of people are asking if they can go inside and see the bodies. One man, um, offers $500, which as we already discussed is a, well, no, we didn't um it's about it's about $7500 that he i guess just has in his pocket uh to let him go inside. And luckily Elijah has some dignity and is like, "Um, no." So, the authorities finally arrive and uh they examine the scene. Um but they left everywhere everyone where they were. Um and around 4:30, um that or late afternoon, um, they had finished collecting all their evidence and they began to talk about the practicalities of how to best remove the bodies, um, in a respectful manner. So Carrie and Maybell were brought down from the barn and placed inside with the rest of the family. And, oh gosh. Okay. So, uh, one of the Lawson's close friends, whose name was Hill Hampton, um, went uh, he brought his flat-edged uh, shovel. This part doesn't make any sense to me. He uh, he goes in and scoops up the blood from the floors. It, I think we went into this. A we did. It bit doesn't last. Time. Make any sense? And it's but he puts it in a wash tub. So I guess there's enough that he can like scrape. I'm guessing congealed blood off the floors. And anyways, yeah,
1: because it's been there for a while. Like, yeah. It, this, and these are wood floors. Probably a good amount of really soaked into it. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much is actually sitting on top. Oof. Um Anyways, he puts it in a tub, takes it out back,
0: and buries it. Um, Which, that doesn't make any kind of sense either. I'm I wonder guessing, if that's, like, some old wives' tale yeah, thing. I'm guessing that was maybe just the most respectful way they could think to get rid of it. Because, like, you don't want to just leave it in the bucket. You don't really want to just pour it out onto the ground. You don't want to put it in the water. Like... I mean, I guess bury it. I don't know. Um, And Mr. Hampton's wife, Sadie, this part kills me too. um, She was a really good friend of um, Fanny's, and she went to her her own home and got her bed sheets, um, like just from her linen closet, and brought them over, and they used those to cover up the bodies. Um, so vehicles couldn't come up the road to the house because it was snowing, um and it was a steep incline it's out in the country. Um, so the bodies had to basically be brought from the house to the um I guess the hearse. So they ended up making makeshift sleds and they had a mule um dragging the sleds. And um so while they're sleigh ride. Yeah, winter wonderland. Yeah. Um, so while they're getting these ready, um, the sleds and whatnot, um, everyone hears a gunshot from the woods. And uh, Mr. Hampton, Mr. Hill Hampton's father, uh, is the first one to start going towards everything, and he kind of follows the sound out to the woods and uh, finds some footprints. Follows footprints and eventually finds Charlie Lawson's body. Uh, some good news in all of this. So, well, so Charlie finally shot himself. Uh, good news. It took him long enough. I know. Uh, he had two beagles named Sam and Queen. And... Uh, Stop it. No, no, no. They were alive. Okay. that's a good news. Uh, You
1: lie to me all the time. I do lie to you all the time. (laughs) Uh,
0: They were uh, very loyal, uh, very loyal, good dogs. And um, even though their owner was a horrible person, they had stayed with him until the end. And they were actually, uh, there were, like, imprints in the snow to show that they had just been laying there the whole time with him, um, kind of keeping him company. Um, So, Charlie had shot himself in the chest, allegedly right on that weird red spot. Um, It took four men to carry his body back to the house. Uh, I don't know why they gave this description, um, but everyone kind of took a limb, and uh, his head was, like, thrown back, and his eyes were open, and his mouth was, like, gaping. Um, Real dignified. Yeah. Just Um, what he deserves. So, they um, bring him inside also with the family. Nope. He should stay outside in I the mud. agree. Just leave him in the woods. Um, so, uh, they slowly are taking the bodies out of the house. One at a time, uh, a local man named Boley Tuttle volunteered to carry the body of Mary Lou, the baby. Mm. Um, her body had been laying in front of, um, a fireplace in a soiled diaper for several hours after she died. Um, and Mr. Tuttle, uh, said it was pretty much all he could do to get that body out into the hearse. And, uh, as soon as he was done, he was sick himself. I believe it. Yeah. Um, and they were all buried in Stokes County Cemetery, which is, um... All? Yes. Even Charlie got to be buried Even with his Charlie family? Even Charlie got to be buried with the family. Um, so... I have another great picture for you, which is the murder scene. Oh, fun. Um, and you can actually see in that top right corner one of the pillows, um... Yep. that Soaked in blood. Yep. I've... Uh,
1: yeah, there's blood everywhere on this floor. You can see it kind of like really seeping and like
0: permeating the wood. Yeah. Um, well, people were still very interested in this house. So um, Arthur uh, was, uh, I would say, understandably so, severely depressed after this. Uh, yeah, I would be catatonic. Yeah. Uh, so he, uh, I believe he just kind of, like, bounced around from family to family, just kind of, like, staying with different relatives.
1: I can't imagine the level of survivor's guilt he must gosh, feel. Gosh, I know. I've, Especially since he was oftentimes the protector. The protector. And, like, the one time he wasn't there, he mm-hmm. couldn't protect anyone.
0: Ugh, gosh. Ugh, oh, I'm gonna drink the rest of this wine after you go This is upsetting um well eventually he did find love he married a girl named Nina Bibby and they had four children whose names were Nancy Patsy Maybell, and James Arthur Lawson Jr. Um so Arthur and his uncle Marion so the other brother besides Elijah um they Arthur obviously inherited the house and people were still very interested in where these murders took place. And so Arthur and Marion kind of decide together. We're, I mean, I. my thinking is, I mean, like, what else do we have to lose? You know, like, already the worst thing ever that anyone could imagine has happened to us. We'll capitalize on the fact that everyone's so obsessed with like the worst thing to happen. I mean, to our it's family. not
1: like they have any intention of moving back in there. Yeah. So like the house is just gonna sit there. You're gonna yeah. have to pay taxes and you know yeah. upkeep and everything. Absolutely. You know if people want to be sick fucks and walk around mm-hmm. bloodstained floors and take their money <laughs> and you know try to put themselves mentally in the moment of yeah. this
0: horrible horrible event. Yeah. Yeah. Take those stickers for all they get. So, uh, they ended up uh, charging tickets um, to see the house. So they charged um, twenty-five cents a person, which was about three to five dollars a person. Um, I believe they were they gave guided tours. Um, the blood uh, had stained the hardwoods, and. Um, the cake that Marie had made, that raisin cake, was still on the counter. Oh, my God. Tourists would sometimes pick raisins off the top of the cake, either to eat or take as souvenirs. That is disgusting. I, I know. it's. Ugh. So, eventually, uh, uh, Arthur and Marion ended up putting, like, a glass covering on it so people could stop literally. First of all, it's nasty to go into someone's house anyways and just, like, pick off it of, don't pick things off of a cake unless you're by yourself and it's your cake like that's gross You never go to your house and pick raisins off of a cake it's not and eat like them. the lawson's were gonna
1: eat it so um,
0: you know what next time i go to your house i am gonna find a cake and just pick stuff off the top of it and eat it
1: man as long as you share because <laughs> i haven't found any cakes in my house in a long time Aww. and it makes me very sad so if you find one Pick everything off of it you want. You just got to share it with me. I feel like you should talk to Shelton. <laughs> that seems like a him problem. He'll text me. Do you need anything from the store?
0: Cake. Listen, I've been to the Publix bakery. He could be bringing you some good cake. He does
1: bring me good cake every now and then.
0: Every you just now told and then. me you haven't seen a cake in your house in ages. I haven't seen one in my house. Because <laughs> you bring the car before you get it
1: inside. No, he brings, uh, he'll bring me treats to the office every now and then. Aww. So, like... Um, He'll get, you know, like, the small, like, one slice things, not, like, a full cake. And it might he brought me some, like, lemon chantilly one day, and every now and then he'll bring home some, like, tiramisu (gasps) or something.
0: Their key lime pie is amazing. Listen, the cheesecake cannolis that they have are also amazing. I haven't had those yet. (sighs) Jarek, take notes. (laughs) Shopping list. Also, maybe, like, text Shelton and get some pointers from him. Um. Okay. So, uh, look, they put a cover over the cake. Um, they could also tour the woods where Charlie had killed himself. Um, and eventually they wore a path. Uh, it used to be a thickly wooded area, and um, just so many people went to see it that there was a well-worn path to get to where it was. I think people actually dug up um a couple of the trees that were there to like take as souvenirs. I don't know. Weirdest souvenirs. I know why do you want a murder-suicide dream? I know, like, what are you going to do? You're going to put that in your yard and be like, and this is the bush that was near where Charlie Lawson murdered himself after he killed his niece. Like, that's not a conversation piece. That's just you being weird. Yeah. Um, rumor has it that um, although there were hundreds, if not thousands, of tourists that came through the woods um, and walked, you know, wore a path that no one actually ever walked on the place um, or on the piece of ground where Charlie had spilled his own blood. Um, The Lawson house and the property was open for five years. Um, They're they're not sure how much money it actually brought in. Good long run. I know. Um, But it brought in enough money theoretically um, to help Arthur pay it off. Mm -hmm. Um, Arthur unfortunately uh, but again, understandably, Uh, eventually became an alcoholic and, uh, one night, um, after he'd been drinking with some friends in 1945, he drove his truck into a barricade and died in the crash Mm. and he was 31 when that happened. Uh, the Lawson house was torn down in the 1980s. There were a couple attempts made to live in the house after the tours stopped, um, but no one ever really felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um the bloodstains never came out of the hardwood, so they had to be replaced. And eventually, after the house was torn down, the wood was actually used to build a covered bridge over a creek on some private property in the area. Um, so there w- <laughs> this was gonna be the part where I put in some extra ghosty things, <laughs> but um, because I thought it was gonna be like, and no one lived in the house because the spirits of the family scared everyone. Um, and every story in this book was, like, made you think it was going to be a ghost story, but then it would be, like, it was just Elijah playing a prank on some kids that came by. (laughs) Um, but I cannot imagine that there's any good energy left in that house. No. Um, in 1990, when the book White Christmas, Bloody Christmas was published, rumors started that Marie... Had actually been pregnant by Charlie, the dad.
1: Charlie the dad, not Charlie the boyfriend.
0: Yes, Uh, and Stella Lawson, who was a cousin, admitted that she had overheard her mother and aunts discussing how Fanny had been concerned that there was an incestuous relationship. She did air quotes. Air quotes. Between Charlie and Marie. Um, So, rape. So, rape. Um, And a close friend came forward and said that shortly before Christmas, Marie had told her and her, sorry, had told her that her father had gotten her pregnant and that both Charlie and Fanny knew about it. Um, And that would make sense with the friend who said that he knew what all the fighting was about, but it was too personal and whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's still obviously a mystery why Charlie Lawson methodically murdered his entire family on Christmas day in 1929. His brain was actually examined, um, after his death and they found it to be unremarkable. Uh, they said the injury that he had months prior, uh, the, uh, with the medic. Yeah. Uh, that it hadn't caused any brain damage, Um, that could account for any kind of violent behavior. And uh, the book, White Christmas, Bloody Christmas, speculates that Charlie perhaps wanted freedom from both the physical pain of his ailments um, as well as um, troubles in his life, presumably that he got his daughter pregnant. Yep. And that he wanted his family to be together in death. So he thought we're all in trouble, I'll make it better, and now we'll all be out of trouble because we'll all be dead, so his whole family had to suffer because he had to rape his daughter yes uh, yeah, and there's also never been a satisfactory explanation as to why he had the family portrait made um or if Marie was truly pregnant or how it affected everything. uh there is a fun fun if you want to use that word. Rumor, uh, in this that if you go to the Stokes Cemetery and you see the, the all the family graves, um, that when the leaves fall in the fall time, uh, that they fall on all of the graves except for Charlie's, because huh. he doesn't deserve any leaves. And that is the story of the Lawson family murders. Merry Christmas, everyone. Aren't you glad that that didn't come out on Christmas Eve yeah. and bum everyone out? That one was a bummer. I forgot. Yeah, It was really sad. I mean, and still the
1: worst part for me was not even the the actual what happened, but uh-huh. the rumors of uh, his his actions with his daughter. That's that's the part that like yeah. really really makes me queasy.
0: I think the worst part for me was uh, the Maybell- little boys. Oh, the boys, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, you coaxed him out from under the stove Mm -hmm. so that you could kill him. As far as why (sighs) he did the picture, I think it was probably
1: he wanted... Oh, look at that. He wanted that appearance of their family, a nice, happy, well-to-do, like, well-dressed, nice family. Yeah. And so, like, and then after, you know, instead of just everyone thinking about their murdered corpses everywhere. They would have that photo. Yeah. I don't know. Just, just like a a lasting like one last little like mark on the world yeah. to leave behind. Mm. But also, I mean, he was clearly disturbed. I'm like, I can't even yes. I can't even begin to fathom what kind of mental disorders he yeah. had. Um <sighs> well, um... Man, I was really hoping Jarek would, like, yell again, like, last time. Because that was yeah. the best part of the episode it last was. time. Was, like, we got through all of this. We were, like, in the wind-down, and everything was depressing and sad. The wine, The wine, The wine down. Down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, And then Jarek... Yelled at his video game. Oh my gosh! I heard so him loud.
0: earlier, and
1: so I heard him once or twice too, <laughs> but it was not loud enough that it would have been picked up on the mic. Oh, I and was... so. He yelled, and we started laughing, and then he says, oh, shoot, sorry, (laughs) again, loud enough to be heard in the mic.
0: Oh, gosh. And so that
1: made everything better, and I guess now by talking about it, we've lightened the mood enough that we can officially say, uh, go, like, follow, subscribe, uh, the Tales We Tell podcast on Instagram and Facebook, thetaleswetellpodcast.com, still working on that. And but then, it's up
0: and running. It's, it's so up and down. running.
1: Like you, it li- it's linked to our Instagram feed mm-hmm. uh, for those of you who don't do the social media, so you can still see the pictures that we're talking about.
0: Yes. And, they're and
1: horrible. Yeah.
0: Can't emphasize that enough. They're just awful. Uh,
1: maybe we'll post a picture of Jory. <gasps> As, yeah, like, we should post some fluff cute. filler. Oh! Him and his cone.
0: <laughs> oh, was he saw the cone?
1: Yeah, for a little while longer now. Oh. But, you know, he's doing really well on his recovery. He's got his new knee. Oh, good. And, He's uh, a bionic puppy now. Yep. Uh, and well... The best part is that he doesn't have any more knees to break. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well... A uh, random fact. Jared out of nowhere made an Instagram for Kelly. So um, it only has one post right now. Uh, but it's Kelly underscore Barkson 88. And he writes in the first person as Kelly. As Kelly, Kelly we posting. Yeah. So Never that's heard. what we've got going on here. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks for sticking with us for this super dark one. I'm sorry that it was very sad. And unfortunately, the next two weeks are also going to be really dark and horrible. <laughs> I need to find some more animal facts. Oh, yeah, do that. That's your job That's for seven. the week. And I'll I'll find places to put them in for this next one. So, everyone have a great week, and we will see you next week. Bye. <laughs>